Have you ever had a dream of doing professional public speaking, getting paid to speak on a stage and create change in the lives of your audience? Do you wish that you could communicate with with such clarity and such power that you could literally change the way people experience life? In today's episode, I'm going to share with you one method that could help you improve your communication skills, taking them to the next level, and I'm going to share with you how this method helped me talk somebody out of not taking their own life. Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the World. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Welcome back, my friend. I am super delighted to have you here for another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the many investments I've made in my own professional development, and it is my communication style, my ability to speak with clarity, with purpose, and to create change in the lives of the people that I communicate to. Whether it's behind the microphone here, like I'm doing right now with you, or whether it's on a stage with tens, hundreds, or thousands of people. And the investment that I'm talking about in my professional development in the area of communication was an investment that I have made in a program called the SCORE Speaker Training Program. Let me first explain to you how I was introduced to the SCORE Speaking Training Program. Back in, I think it was 2011, I had set 12 goals for 2012, and two of them were related to public speaking. One, I wanted to finally become a paid public speaker. So that was my first goal related to speaking. The second one was I want to be known as a keynote speaker at events. Now, I had very real qualifications in my mind about what it means to be a keynote speaker. At this point, I had already spoken at a number of conferences, all which were unpaid. And I had even held a position as a speaker at certain events that had the words keynote speech, Cliff Ravenscraft, and then my title, or actually it was keynote speech, my title, and then the name Cliff Ravenscraft. But I, it wasn't actually a keynote in the way that I had in mind in keynote. So what I'm referring to, this was back in the old Blog World New Media Expo days. And this was a multi-day conference. Let's say the conference went on for four days straight. And in the way that they had it set up was if you were the first session in the morning on the second or the third of the fourth days, 
you if you were the first slot on the schedule, that was a keynote. But that's not what I had in mind when I set my goal. No, I was very clear that my goal was to be a opening or closing keynote speaker. I wanted to be the person who is responsible for setting the tone of the entire conference. I wanna be the first person everyone hears and gets them excited and pumped up and prepared to take full advantage of everything this conference is about ready to offer to them. Or I wanted to be the guy who closes the event out, that I'm the final voice that they hear from this event, taking all of the insight, all of the wisdom, all of the energy from all of the connecting and networking and all of the possibility and potential that exists as a result of this event. And I want to be that one person, that final voice that then sends them away from this conference inspired and motivated to implement and to follow through and to carry forth all of the value into their experience of life. I wanted to be an opening keynote speaker or a closing keynote speaker. And on top of it, I wanted to also be paid. Those were my two goals. The crazy thing about these two goals is that when I set them, I had had no official training in public speaking up to that point. Now, I had a history of public speaking. Many of you may know that uh, many years ago, for a decade of my life, I was involved in ministry. I was an associate pastor for more than a decade of my life outside of my role as insurance agent. It was an unpaid ministry position, but one of the things that I had ample opportunity to do was to get up on the stage or in the churches that I was a part of, it was called the pulpit, and I would give sermons. I also performed and officiated many weddings. So standing in front of a crowd and speaking is something that I had a history of doing. But when it came to professional training on how to communicate effectively in front of an audience, there was no such training. And quite frankly, I cringe at the idea that people once used to have to sit in in an area and hear me go on and on and on about the various different things that I was thinking and that I thought was valuable and random, seemingly unrelated stories that somehow make sense in my mind, but there's real no cohesive one thing that I'm trying to get you to understand in this sermon. I, If anything, I want to read this passage of three or four lines of scripture, and I want you to come away with like 15 different ways of how this could apply to your life and different. <laughs> it was It was a mess. And that kind of carried out. I I had a practice of this, and I always joked about this. What I lack in professional training and skill in communication, I make up for in passion and my ability to just be motivating and inspiration with how I show up in, in a powerful way on a stage. However, (laughs) up until my official investment in learning how to communicate effectively through the SCORE speaker training conference, prior to that, I never showed up powerfully during the first one to three minutes that I was on stage. I was a shaking, 
jello of a mess emotionally worrying so much about how people were going to perceive me. Am I going to do well? Am I going to remember my talk? Am I going to be able, am I going to screw up? Is this going to be the end of my life kind of situation? And I would fret about getting up on that pulpit or that stage. Uh, and, and, and this is both back in the church days and then even in these pod camp days and social media conference days where I'm speaking on all these stages I would be freaked out all the way up to about three days before me getting on the stage, all the way up for the first one to three minutes, max four or five. But by the time I was five minutes on stage, something within me switched and I became fully alive, fully present, and I just began delivering. Not eloquently back in the day, but I began delivering. And every single time, here's the situation. If back in the days before I went to the SCORE speaking training event, my experience would have been if I spoke to a crowd of, let's just say, 100 people, and if you were to send them a questionnaire, and let's just say all 100 people were to fill it out, Here's what I would suggest would be the result of that. Number one, if you asked people on a scale of one to 10, how much did you enjoy Cliff's talk? My guess is that about 90 to 95% of the people would have rated it like a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, that they really enjoyed it, okay? If you were to then ask an open-ended question, can you tell me, What, in your own words, was the purpose of Cliff's talk? At that point, if you were to summarize all of those people's responses, you'd probably come away with about 30, 40, 50, or 60 different interpretations of what the main point of my talk was. In fact, if you were to then further on say, can you list three key points or three main insights that you got from the talk today? What are the top three insights that you got? And again, all 100 people were able to answer this question. My guess is that with 100 people answering that, you you would come away with probably at least 80 or 90 different key insights that everybody, everybody took away something different. And it's all open to interpretation. And and a long time ago, I thought that was an incredibly powerful thing. And in many ways, it is. And I don't discount it. However, it's not the most effective way of communicating. How, because if I were, what I learned through my score speaking training is that if I were really to be an effective communicator, I would first want to know who is the target audience, what is it that I hope to to create, or how do I in, how do I desire to influence them? Do I want to persuade them to take some action that they would have otherwise not taken, or to put an end to something that they would have otherwise not put an end to? It, just to persuade them that this is something that you should do and then send them off to go find out how to do it because now they're so motivated and inspired and persuaded to go do it? Or am I enabling them? Is there something that they already know that they need to do, want to do, desire to do, or put an end to, 
And the question is, is can I enable them? Can I give them some steps, some strategies, some some key points that are going to help them put an end to it? Can I enable their desire to make that a reality? So that's the second thing that I would do. And then I would say, okay, well, who is this audience? What am I going to help them do? And then and and what methods, what are the key points that I want every person in this audience to walk away with? Such that after I went through the speaker training program of the SCORE method, here's what I could tell you. If you were to then put me in front of an audience of 100 people, and if you were to ask all 100 people on a scale of one to 10, how much did you enjoy Cliff's talk? I would say it might've actually improved from 95% all the way up to 98%. You're always going to have those people in the crowd that just don't resonate with who you are. But I would say I would have I would have been able to capture about 98% of the room and they would have rated the it in either nine or a 10 out of 10 talk, mostly leaning towards 10. But then if the next question of those 100 people, can you communicate in one or two sentences, what was the main purpose of Cliff's talk? Now, with 100 people in a blank box where they could write anything, if you were to summarize what everybody had wrote, you'd only come up with anywhere between one to five different responses, and they they are all going to be relatively close to one another. And then, if you were to say, hey, If there were three main insights that stood out to be the most important to you, and let's just say in my talk, I gave a 45-minute talk and there were five key points that I had made, five rationale. If you were to quiz them on their insights, my guess is that everybody's going to choose which was their favorites, but out of the 100 responses, there will only be five insights that were put on that page. Now, with that being said, there's the caveat of somebody else might have had one of those insights that came to them that was an unintended insight that was a side story that sent them down a rabbit trail of their own past experience and re-perceiving how that might be different with this new way of thinking and stuff like that. Accounting for that, maybe there might be 10 or 15, all right? But... Most everyone is going to choose three of the five key points that I made in that talk. So, how did I go from my old way of speaking to my new way of speaking? Well, the first thing was, is I want to say that I went out and told the world what my goals for 2012 were. And I did that in this actual podcast. It was back in the days when this podcast was called Podcast Answer Man. But uh, still, I went to this audience and say, hey, guys, I want to share with you my 12 goals for 2012. And I shared the two related to speaking as well. And as a result of that, my friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, reached out to me and said, hey, Cliff, we're doing our Catholic New Media Celebration, CNMC. It's going to be in Dallas-Fort Worth this year, and we would like to have you be our opening keynote speaker to kick off the conference, and also, we want to know what your speaking fee is because we want to pay you to speak at the event. And I'm like, wow, just because I set a goal, 
I believed it was possible. I wrote it down as my goal, and then I told other people about it. Now, all of a sudden, here I am with my first opportunity. And by the way, Father Roderick and everybody who was there at the uh, CNMC in 2012, I think it was, or whenever that was, my apologies to you because you guys got me before I ever was introduced to the SCORE speaking conference in this training. But I did get up there, and what I lacked in professional communication skill, I made up for with passion. And quite frankly, everybody there was delighted with the talk. And also, I mean, people came up to me and they were telling me about the various different things that they took away from it. And once again, it was more than 50 different takeaways, and none of which I actually knew ahead of time that I was intentionally trying to give them. In fact, all I was doing is I was like, hey, I'm supposed to talk about the new evangelization and the and how you can use social media to impact people's lives. And I just got up there and told my story and I told a bunch of other stories of other people and I just hoped people would find some inspiration from those stories. And that was my professional skill is like let me just I know how to tell stories and people are captivated in the way that I tell stories the stories are good but hey you're on your own for figuring out what actionable insights you can walk away from that I I I didn't do any of that ahead of time okay fast forward a little bit further and Michael Hyatt who was listening to my podcast every week He says, Cliff, I love your 2012 goals. And, you know, we're getting ready to put together an event around my book. The uh, it was called Platform. It was a New York Times bestselling book. And it's called Platform, How to Get Noticed in a Noisy World. And he says, Cliff, I want to invite you to be a paid speaker at the platform conference. In fact, I can tell you right now, what I'd love to do is have you come up. I want you to first convince people that they should have a podcast, and I need to have you give some level of explanation of how they can create a podcast so that the, they can walk away from the event and and go and do it. And I'm like, great, how long do I have to speak? And he's like, 40 minutes. And I'm like, Michael, I okay, to be able to do all that, I'm going to need an hour. He says, well, you can't have an hour, but you get 40 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to turn this down. It's a paid speaking gig. It's for Michael Hyatt. This is a big deal. His audience is exactly my ideal target audience. When it comes to people who are potential clients, I'm like, yes, I'm going to speak at your event. But when I got up there on that stage, I did my normal thing. I got up there. I was nervous as I'll get out. I made a complete embarrassing mess of myself by singing a song with my audience and and to relieve my uh, nervousness, making it all about me for the first two or three minutes of the talk, but doing it so that I could actually get straight into that zone of genius, that, that, that in the present moment, powerful public speaker, public communicator. Uh, presence that I can, uh, that I get when I'm on stage after a few minutes. And then I delivered. Now, what did I deliver? Well, there was a actually, there was actually just over a hundred people in that audience. And the results were exactly what I told you about. Everybody came away with their own stuff. Everybody loved the talk. It was phenomenal. The, the response that I got from it. But again, if you were to send that questionnaire about, it would have been exactly like what I told you. Lots of different people coming away with lots of different things. No real clarity about this. 
Michael Hyatt was super kind. I've still got the handwritten thank you note sitting on my desk, right or sitting on a bookshelf right behind my desk. Of a and a, it's a photo of me and Michael, and there's also another photo that Michael sent of me speaking on a stage, and and so to this day I'll never forget that moment. But it was a terrible speaking experience. So if I were to rank my speaking events over all of the years, and this was 2012, so this is a more than a decade ago, and I've spoken probably a hundred times in front of audiences, um, and maybe more than 100 times over the past decade. And if I were to rank where I am as far as speaking on my own stage at Free the Dream Conference or any stage that I've spoken on in the last five to seven years, I would rank all of those a 10 out of 10 experience. Every single one of them knocked it out of the park. Zero doubt about that whatsoever. But if I were to rank today, my very first ever speaking gig at the platform conference for Michael Hyatt and Ken Davis, Ken Davis was his business partner at the time, I would have ranked that speech based upon my standards today as a two out of 10. Now, what I'm talking about is on the technical skill side of communicating, on the ability to have a clear message. I'm ranking that on the ability to have a single theme or central purpose for the talk. I'm speaking about the ability to have a few key insights that people can remember and apply after leaving that event. And, and, and something that is, I intentionally chose what it is they would do after they left that event. And then affecting that. On a scale of one to 10, it was a two out of 10. I would say maybe 20% of the audience got what I was hoping for. So 20% of the people were persuaded to go launch a podcast and 20% of the audience had enough insight and information to go and make it a reality. 20%. So... Uh, it, it, in my mind, that was a terrible experience. Now, Michael did not think that. Nobody actually said that, but there was one person who thought that, and it was Michael Hyatt's business partner, <laughs> Ken Davis. Now, if you don't know the name Ken Davis, many people in the old-time old uh Protestant Christian world, if you ever listen to Christian comedians back in the day, you probably know the name Ken Davis. Ken Davis is a professional Christian comedian, and for more than 30 years, he's packed uh, churches and large mega churches and, and all sorts of community centers, speaking to crowds of uh, in the tens of thousands of people at times. He even had a Netflix special on Netflix called Fully Alive. I don't know if it's still on Netflix today, but he had a one of his comedy sketches called Fully Alive. It was and it was kind of turned into a a little bit of a story and there's some uh, movie that elements that go with it. But that was Fully Alive. It was on Netflix. He wrote a book called Fully Alive. And one of the things that he did outside of his professional comedian uh, role was to be a teacher in the realm of effective communication. And he developed what he called the SCORE method for public speaking. And he had been training that by the time that I spoke at his and Michael's first platform conference, 
he had been doing that for, I think it was at least 20 years. It may have been 30 years at that point. And he's, he came to me, he says, Cliff, man, wow, there is so much raw potential that you have as a powerful public speaker. And I don't, I don't blow smoke up anybody. I, I, I don't ever say anything or encourage anybody in any way unless it's genuine and authentic. But you've got some raw talent that is unmistakable. However, your raw talent is buried by your lack of skill in create in outlining and 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 giving an effective speech. And he was very kind and he was very generous and it was very well received the way that I received it. But in essence, he was like, "Cliff, that honest dude, you knocked everybody's socks off. That's no, there's no doubt about that. But as far as what people are going to do with your talk, it's going to be all over the place. I'd like to invite you to my score speaking training event. I'm also partnering with Michael on these as well. And normally it costs this amount of money to go. And normally we would never offer anyone access to this event for free because most people, when they get something for free, they usually tra- treat it at such, such a level. But Michael and I have already talked about this and we both, he, and he convinced me, and I agree, that you're the type of person who would not underestimate the value of coming to this event and that you would go all in. Would you be willing to come out to Colorado and go through this speaker training? And if so, we would like to invite you to come back and be a paid speaker at our next platform event. And I'm like, yes, I would love this. So I went out to, I think it was Vail, Colorado. Actually, it was just south of Vail. It was just shy. I think it was Beaver Creek or or something like that, Colorado. Anyway, I went out to Colorado and I went to this four-day speaker intensive And they said, listen, we're going to teach you how to give a talk in five minutes, any talk in five minutes. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yep. And so what they did is it was all of this training during the day and then on speaking. And then at night and even before you came, you're supposed to put together a five minute talk and you have no skill training of their, of their thing how to do it. But you go through the first day of training and then you meet with a small group and you've got a coach in there, a speaker coach. And everybody is required to give a five-minute talk that is timed. And at the end of the time, at the end of the five minutes, you have to stop. You can't finish. So everybody is desi- uh, has to give their first five-minute talk in, in front of your small group of five other or seven other people in the room and your coach, and they and they all give you feedback, and they all rank your talk. It, it was brutal. <laughs> and then the second day, you start learning some of the technique. You start learning that SCORE is an acronym and that the S stands for what's the subject of your message. Uh, And then C is the central theme. And the O is what's the objective of your talk. And the R is what's the rationale that you're going to use to speak about your central theme. And then the other R, because it's S-C-O-R-R-E. So the second R is what are the resources? What are the supporting facts, supporting details? What are some of the supporting stories to back up the rationale? 
And then E, what is your evaluation? What is, how do you evaluate this talk? All right, so this is the entire score process. And so they began to introduce some of the key elements on day one. And then we were sent away for the afternoon to go prepare our second of four, I think it was, five-minute talks. And then that night, we got into our small group, same group, same speaker coach, and you deliver another five-minute talk. And then we and we progressively got better. And by the time we ended that four-day event and we gave our final five-minute talk, we were night and day different in our ability to communicate than we were in the beginning. Now, as a result of that conference, I then used everything there. I First of all, I started to score some of my podcast content. I started to score some of my, my YouTube content. And instantly, I started to see a major shift in the impact and influence that I was having through my various forms of communication. But nothing was so profound as when I actually stood on stage the next year, or I think it actually was the same year. So the first one might have been in February, and I think the second one was in October. So it might have been the same year. But anyway, at the second SCORE conference, I got up there. I believe that every aspiring entrepreneur should create a podcast within the next 90 days because of these seven reasons. Now, what I was giving was a persuasive talk. Now, I know that they asked me originally to give an enabling talk, but what I did is I gave a persuasive talk with an enabling close, and my enabling close just gave them the next step that if you are now persuaded to go create this uh, this podcast that you weren't thinking about doing before you heard me on this stage, then here's your, this is where I encourage you to go. Go watch this, do this, and you will have a podcast within 90 days. So that's the enabling part, but I did a persuasive talk. Anyway, I got up on that stage and I knew exactly who my audience was. I knew what they wanted. They wanted to actually get noticed in a noisy world. And I said, listen, I know a lot of you are thinking about a YouTube channel. Here's how many minutes of YouTube are put on online every hour or every minute. Here's how many blogs are out there. Dude, you're you're a needle buried in a haystack. But this is 2012, my friends. And podcasts, there's only 150,000 active English language podcasts. And in your niche, in your topic area, chances are if it's already a saturated topic area, there's probably only a five or six or seven other podcasts out there to compete with in your topic range. Making your ability, if you just have a standout production, which I can assure you, you can actually beat pretty much every other podcast out there. The standards are not too high. You can become the number one expert in your area in using a podcast. So at by the time this was over, for the first time in my life, my second SCORE conference, I said, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to ask you right here, right now, before this talk, how many of you who do not have a podcast or do have a podcast, we're going to create content for your podcast within the next 90 days before I stood on the stage? 
And there was probably about 10 or 15 people who raised their hands. Now, this is an audience of about 150 to 200 people at this one. And I said, great. Now, even including those people, I need to know this. How many people in this audience are absolutely 100% certain that you will create podcast content, whether you've already got a podcast or you're about ready to go and launch one? How many of you are going to create a podcast and produce content within the next 90 days? Every person in the audience stood up and I walked off stage. It was the most amazing thing. It's like, wow. Ever since I was introduced to the SCORE speaker training, it has transformed my life. By the way, I'm not currently an affiliate for Ken's program, but you can get online training. You can actually get go online and buy this, I think. Uh, let me hit, click here. It's a the curriculum package. It says intended for educators. Uh, this package includes access to the online training videos in the workbook, 12 printed workbooks, uh, 12 copies of The Secrets of Dynamic, Dynamic Communication, which, by the way, is... Ken's book that he wrote with many of these principles. So if you want, you could just start with the book, Secrets of Dynamic Communication, written and authored by Ken Davis. Then there's an example 15-week syllabus and special offers for the Live Score Speaker Academy, and you can get all of that for 1,497. So if you wanted to actually teach this method in a workshop, you could go and do this. Then there's the physical DVD set. It contains uh, in a handsome slip box, the score DVD and work set. It's got six DVDs, and which is all of that training, that professional training that we got. It's four, it's got a full corresponding workbook and a handy, anyway, it's got the workbook. And it sh- ships to you within seven to 14 days. And you can get that for 697 if you want physical DVDs. Or, for only $397, this is intended for just one user per person, you get access to all of those training videos online and a digital workbook that you can download, all right? And then it says special offers for, and you'll get special offers for the SCORE Speaker Academy. So you can get the online version for $397. And by the way, this is at scoretraining.com. Dot com, and I'm just going to make sure that that is the correct address here, scoretraining.com. That's S-C-O-R-R-E training.com. Now, why do I bring all of this up? I am not, it, this, is, this wasn't for me to sell you on the score speaker training. Like I said, if you go and buy the score speaker training online, any of those options, I earn nothing other than your admiration, your uh, gratitude and appreciation for the fact that I have introduced it to you and the fact that it has had such a profound impact in your life comes some dates uh, down in, down the road. However, what I will say is this is such a powerful way to communicate by outlining your talks in a very specific way. Now, I have created a program called the Next Level Coaching Program. 
program. This is a group coaching program that I facilitate live calls every week and there's an archive of all the recordings where I take people who are coaches, people who are maybe already very much experienced in coaching. They've been doing it in the corporate world or they've been coaching as a pastor for the last 20 or 30 years of their life. But these are people who are now looking to build a coaching business, all right? This is the first time they're asking people to pay for coaching packages. This is the first time they're looking to acquire and attract and create paid coaching clients. That is what I am helping people do is to fast track their ability to generate income from their coaching business. And one of the things that I do is I help them master what's called the Prosperous Coach Method for Creating Clients that you can learn about in the book called The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. Also, I teach them upwards of a over the months and years of doing this program, I intend to include teachings on at least 150 different frameworks, formulas, strategies, techniques, and tools related to coaching to help you create even more impact and more influence in people's lives. So, just recently, one of the coaches who was in the Next Level Coaching program came into a session and said, hey, I've got a question for you. I'm getting ready to do public speaking at this chamber event and they've given me 25 minutes to speak at this event. Or it might have been 15 minutes. I can't remember. It's 15 to 25 minutes. And I'm really struggling to figure out how am I going to come up with a brand new talk. I already have a keynote, a full keynote that's based upon the book that I've written. But that keynote requires an hour for me to deliver that talk. And I said, "If I can I challenge you with an alternative perspective? And she said, sure. I said, well, I will tell you that if you can't give that keynote address effectively in 15 minutes, you're probably not doing very well in delivering it in one hour. And she said, can you elaborate on that? And I said, sure. And I asked her, I asked her a handful of questions. And so let me ask you this. What is the target audience? Who are you speaking to? And she told me about the chamber event and who was there. I said, okay, great. What is the purpose of your talk? What is it that you're hoping they'll do? I want to help them develop habits and, and finally create habits that last. Not, one, not ones that you start off at the beginning of the year and a couple weeks later, you've forgotten all about it. I'm like, great, got it, all right? And what are some of the, what do you teach in your your keynote address? Are they insights? Are they strategies? Are they steps to follow? And I can't remember what she said, and I said, but I got her keyword, and I'm like, great, that's wonderful. So you're saying that if people attend your uh, speaking gig in 15 to 25 minutes for this chamber event, Every single chamber member present can develop lasting habits that stick by following these three strategies. And she's like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I said, wonderful. I said, what are the three, how many strategies are there? And I can't remember how many she told me, uh, but I, I, I guess I said, can we figure out, can you tell me what three of those strategies are? 
And so she wrote, I wrote down strategy number one. Okay, what's the next strategy? Strategy number two. And I said, okay, what's the next strategy? And I said, great. I said, now watch this. I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. And if it's okay, what I'd like to do is I'd like to deliver your keynote address in five minutes. Are you willing to, to have me do this? And she's like, yeah. And this is all happening in this group coaching program, by the way. And so there are several people on the call witnessing this whole thing. And so what I did is I started my timer and I started just extemporaneously, I started with an opening story to capture people's attention about setting goals and habits and all of these other things. And then I transitioned and said, listen, I believe each and every one of you can finally create habits that will last a lifetime, not ones that will be there for a couple of weeks and then when your willpower runs out or you put your focus on something else. No, these will be so fully ingrained. I believe every single one of you can implement new habits that stick with a lifetime if you will just follow these three strategies. The first strategy that you need to stick with or that you need to follow is this. And I I talked what that strategy is. I gave a a little anecdote from my own life, told about how I began to implement it and all this other stuff. And because of this strategy, still today, every time I think about going to the gym, I get excited. Strategy number two, and then I did the strategy. And again, I gave another little, um, the strategy, by the way, is a keyword that I'm using. It's a part of the score method. It's the rationale. And so that's the strategy. And then I gave resources. I gave facts to point it up. Science has proven this. Here's a story of how this happened. And here's an anecdote from my own life that you can resonate with. All right, and because of that, every time I go to do this, this is what happens now. And then the third strategy, and here's where the first two really culminate. If you've got those two down and you add this third strategy, everything changes forever. And the third strategy is, and I told what it was, gave a story behind it, and then I said, okay, so from now, from this day forward, choose what it is, what habit you want to make a part of your life and have it last for a lifetime. Write it down right now. Write down strategy number one. Write down strategy number two. Write down strategy number three. Go do those things. If you are committed to implementing these three strategies, this will become a part of your identity. Thank you. Now, it was the first time I'd ever given that talk. And I sit there, I said, and it ran for six minutes and 45 seconds. Now, if I had more time to practice it, I would have actually said the final word of my talk at four minutes and 59 seconds if I would have practiced it enough. But given the fact that I was just doing this on the fly and I didn't even know that I was gonna teach the score method for how to outline and give a piece, a, a talk in five minutes if or 55 minutes, if I didn't even know that I was even gonna talk about that topic before this call started. And so I was able to deliver her keynote. She goes, Cliff, that's my keynote. I said, I know. (laughs) And she's like, and, and just everyone's mind was blown. Now, it just so happens to be that I had a member of the Next Level Coaching Program, and that week, I think it was January 3rd when that happened, And so she was out because she had COVID. 
And because she was out, I reached out to her and said, hey, I really missed you last week in the Next Level Coaching Program. I hope things are okay and that you're off to a good start for the new year. She goes, oh, Cliff, I am so, I'm just now, first day, really starting to feel better for the first time. I had COVID over, you know, the you know final week of the year and into the first week of the new year. And so I've been following up with her and I said, hey, I, I'm really sorry to hear that. I hope you get a chance to watch the replay. There's some powerful stuff in there. She had not had a chance to do it yet. I reached out to her this Monday and I said, hey, I just wanted to check in with you. I was thinking about you and I'm wondering how things are going. Is there any way I can support or encourage you? And she she expressed some of, um, she goes, you know, I'm kind of feeling stuck in this process of gaining clients. And there's a couple of things that, you know, I, and, I, and I get it. I First and foremost, I knew that she's coming off of COVID. And we all experience a little bit of loss of momentum and a little bit of anxiety about how we would, we thought things were going to be over the couple of weeks and none of those things get done. And it can, I just know what that feels like. And I just encourage her. I said, let me offer you a 90 minute one-on-one session. And she's like, great. Well, anyway, we had our Wednesday call. She was on the Wednesday next, the group coaching call for the next level coaching program. And Anyway, I'm trying to keep my mind straight here because I, I'm trying to ask myself, do I have that URL? Matter of fact, I'm going to just go ahead so that I can just pick up right where I left off in just a minute. I'm pretty sure that I purchased a domain to share with you. And I just want to see coaching if I have a domain with coaching. No, I don't. I did not yet get a domain for this next level coaching program. I'm currently in the process of building out this program. But if if I'm not mistaken, is it cliffravenscraft.com slash next hyphen? Okay, so here's the URL if you're interested. I'll put a link to this sales page that is not even finished as I'm recording this podcast episode. I'm, 20, I'm going on to 20 weeks into the program and I've still not created a sales page for it because I use the Prosperous Coach Method for creating clients and it's how I've gotten all these people into the coaching program. I've just been doing it through referral and invitation only. But if you go to cliffravenscraft.com slash next hyphen level hyphen coaching hyphen program, uh, that will take you to the sales page, and eventually I'll get an easy-to-remember sales page. And currently, there's there's an unedited sales message on there, um, and, and there's no call to action, no buy now button, no click here to sign up, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but anyway, I will, I will get that, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So anyway... I got onto this, uh, I did the Next Level Coaching Program and we had a, in a most incredible session for session number 19. It was all about helping people get unstuck. You know, where do I find clients? And and some of the biggest hangups that we're getting in people's ways is, you know, it's like, I'm trying not to invite anybody who I don't think is gonna pay me and all this other stuff. And I'm like, listen, we're gonna introduce a challenge. We're gonna talk about doing some reverse psychology. We're gonna collect some no's. It was an incredibly powerful call. And this client that was sick on the during the first of the year, she was on that call. And I'm thinking, gosh, I wonder if we even need our one-on-one that's scheduled for Thursday now. I said, but hey, let's go ahead and do it. I'm willing to serve. And so, we got on the call and we talked about so many different things, 
but she had not seen that January 3rd session. And one of the topics that this client brought up with me is the fact that she was given the opportunity to give a 15-minute talk at this ministry event where she is supposed to talk about how, you know, about the admit step of this regeneration process. So I didn't know anything about what she was speaking about. And I'm like, okay, can you tell me what regeneration is as in the context of your talk? And she's talking about it's about recovery from addiction and and stuff like this. And it's a very Christian kind of like a 10-step program for Christians. And I'm like, okay, can you... And I just began to ask her questions. And her concern was, how do I deliver a powerful talk if I get 15 minutes? And, I, and I'm like, well, first of all, I want you to watch the January 3rd session of the Next Level Coaching Program and just see how I laid this out for somebody else who is dealing with something sim- similar. And then what I did is I just simply asked her a couple of questions about what is her talk. Now, she's already delivered her talk, all right? And one of the things that I asked is, can you describe in one sentence what your talk is about? And she couldn't. And I said, can you deli- can you give me uh, three key things that people should walk away with? And she goes, well, people should understand that they're powerless. They should admit that they're powerless to change without God's help. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm sitting there thinking about the entire talk and and I asked her a couple more questions and I introduced the score method to her. I said, let me tell you what, I think you could give this talk and I would love to share with you one possible way that you could give it. Now, what you're about ready to hear is the point where I give this talk to her. Couple of things to know. Prior to this coaching call with this client, I had no clue that I was going to be once again introducing somebody to the SCORE method for creating an outline for its talk, all right? The second thing to know is that I had no clue about her topic, about what her main points were before asking her a handful of questions. Now, once I gained the clarity, I did discover, I asked, who's your target audience? And she told me it's about these adult men and women who are attending this ministry event, I'm like, great, that's wonderful. I said, uh, is this an enabling talk or a persuasive talk? And it turned out it was an enabling talk. And I'm like, great, what are we enabling them to do? And she says, well, I've been tasked, I have to use admit. Admit is the main central thing. Whatever I do, it has to be about the admit phase of this process. I'm like, great, we're going to help every man and woman at this event break free from their brokenness, from their addictions, and from their sinful patterns by making these, by consistently making these three powerful admissions, all right? And so that is what we call the pregnant sentence. I call it the ugly sentence of this outline. And then with, uh, I said, listen, I've never given this speech before, 
these are not my points. I'm the, the the I said let's let's come up with the three points. And the first one, I'm like, how does this sound? You're you you mentioned that we're powerless to change and make this change on our own without God's help, right? So I'm powerless to change this on my own is the first admission that we want to encourage people to make. Is that is this in alignment with your message? Yes. All right. So the second one, how about how does this sound? That the second admission is that God is all powerful and can do all things through me. And it's like, yep, I that's that's in alignment with my message. I'm like, great. We need a third admission. How about this? God loves me unconditionally and is willing to help me if I ask. And she's like, yeah. I said, well, great. We have your talk. I said, would you like me to give you an example of what you could deliver? Now, her concern is how do I deliver this in 15 minutes? And what I wanted to do is I wanted to show I can deliver this right now. I just learned what your message is. And I'm now going to deliver this talk in five minutes. And by the way, I've taken my client's voice completely out. So there's lots of interactions and interjections of my client from this one-on-one coaching conversation I was having with her. I've edited all of her voice out. But what I'm gonna play for you right now is the five-minute talk that she could give. And she could expand it out with more stories, more illustrations, more facts and resources to back up her rationale. But here is the here's how I could deliver that talk in 5 minutes and I had no more than 10 minutes to prepare all of this right here right now. Have you ever struggled with trying to put an end to a behavior that you're embarrassed by, that you're ashamed of? you ever been overwhelmed by guilt by the number of times that you've promised this is the last time I'm never going to do this again only to either hours later days later or at the most weeks later return to that behavior that habit that addiction over and over and over again well today I want to tell you something that is very exciting You're not alone first and foremost. It's happened to us all. But I'm here to tell you that every single one of you here present today can absolutely find freedom, breaking free from every addiction, all of your brokenness, and every sinful pattern in your life. If you will commit your life to consistently making three powerful admissions. That's right, today all we have to do is admit it. If you could just consciously think out loud, I admit this to be true. In fact, there's only three admissions that you need. The first admission that I'd like to talk to you about today is admitting that you are powerless to break free from this brokenness, this addiction, this sinful pattern in your life on your own. I'll never forget the time when I was struggling with such and such, and I thought this, and I made all of these promises, and I went on and on, and and I could go on. But what helped me understand is finally get to the place that, hey, on my own, I finally discovered I just have to give up. It, I, I'm, I'm powerless. I am not able. And once I came to that admission, I'm like, okay, the, the pressure is off. 
However, that wasn't enough to actually break free from the addiction, from the pattern of sinful behavior in my life. No, the next truth that I had to admit, the second powerful admission that I had to make is that God is all-powerful and that what is impossible with me is only possible through him and through his power. And this is what happened is, is I recognized that, wait a second, I don't have to do this, but he can help me learn and grow and heal from some of the pain and the trauma that's happened in my life. I didn't recognize it at the time, but all of these things that I was going after was to fulfill some sort of need. And it was a need that wasn't meant to be there in my life. But after giving up trying to focus on the behavior and put an end to the behavior and just recognizing that, hey, I'm powerless to do this, but God can do all of these things through me, what he began to do is to show me just how much of my actions and behaviors and all of those sinful patterns were a result of my limiting beliefs about things that had happened in my past. And once I started talking to people, God brought people into my path and they asked me powerful questions. I began going through therapy. I worked with coaches and I started to see that there's a different way to see my past. And I began to heal from that. And as I began to heal from that, I started to recognize my desire to go to those sinful behaviors and patterns to self-soothe myself no longer was an urge that it once was. Now, here's the third admission that I found incredibly powerful in my journey of healing that has helped myself experience freedom from this brokenness, these addictions in my life, and these sinful patterns. It is the admission that God loves me unconditionally and that he desires to help me if I will only ask. That's it. You have to admit Number one, that you're powerless. You have to admit that God is all-powerful and can do it. And you have to admit that God loves you unconditionally. That means no strings attached, no expectation that you get this perfect. God loves you. You have to admit that he loves you and he wants to help you if you ask. So if you can come to a conscious decision on a consistent basis, every day admitting these three truths, I promise you over time, you will find the freedom that you seek from your brokenness, your addictions, and your sinful patterns. Thank you for your time. That was five minutes and 24 seconds. So here's what we did. We answered the question, who is the target audience? Every man and woman, right? Is this talk persuasive or enabling? It's an enabling talk, all right? We're going to enable them to break free from brokenness, addiction, and sinful patterns, all right? That's what we're enabling them to do, all right? What is the objective or purpose to enable them? There's one central theme. We want you to break free from the pattern of sinful behavior in your life. So the next question, what keyword will I use? You said you, they want you to focus on admit, right? So we're going to call the keywords are three admissions that you need to be consistently, consciously making on a daily basis or a consistent basis. Three admissions. All right? So now you have that. What is my pregnant sentence? Well, we're going to ignore the persuasive talk. So 
every man and woman here at this gathering can experience freedom from brokenness, addictions, and sinful patterns by making three powerful admissions on a daily and or consistent basis. So if you were to ask me to describe what your talk is, it's like, hey, what's the, what, what is your talk about? Here's one sentence. My talk is all about helping the men and women of this event understand that they can break free from all of their brokenness, their addictions, and their sinful behaviors by simply making three admissions on a daily and or consistent basis. One sentence. Then what rationale fit your keyword? So the first, the rationale is just what is the, what is the point that you're making for the first one? So the first admission, the rationale is to admit you're power, powerless. The second rationale is admit that God is all powerful. The third rationale is admit that God loves you unconditionally and desires to help you if you ask. So that's your rationale. And then what resources support your rationale? Now, that's where you might get into some personal stories. If you have more than five minutes, then you can tell a little bit about your, your own experience with these admissions. That would be your resources to back up your rationale. And then how will you open and transition? So how it's like, okay, I just came up with a natural. How many times have you had some sort of behavior or some habit that you're embarrassed about, that you feel guilty about, that you feel ashamed of, that you've made promises to yourself, to others, to God, whoever, that this is it, I'm done. This is the last time. Only to find yourself back into that pattern of habit, back into that shameful behavior within hours or days or at the most weeks. Well, let me tell you, I have two bits of good news. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, there's a way you can experience freedom. Now, how I'm going to transition, you don't always, in the score method, you don't always say what your ugly sentence is, but I choose to do it every now and then. I believe that every man and woman here today can put an end, finally break free from all of your brokenness, all of your addictions, and also put an end to all of your sinful patterns by simply making a decision to consistently admit these three truths. So now I'm going to work through my rationale with my resources, and then how will I transition and close? So once I've delivered my three things, my transition would be this. Well, are you ready to break free? Are you at a place where you are ready to admit that you are powerless to break free from this on your own? Are you ready to admit that God is able to do this through you? Are you ready to admit that God loves you unconditionally, that he's patient, and that he's going to bring you all of the resources over time to remove these things from your life? Well, I will tell you, if you will make these three admissions on a daily and or whatever consistent basis, if you will just consistently find a way to consciously be aware and make these three admissions, you will find freedom from your brokenness, your addictions, and your sinful patterns. Walk off the stage. And what you do is just practice it. So that's exactly what I did. 
Okay, so I'm breaking in for just a moment. As I told you, what you've just been hearing is all monologue, but I promise you I've just edited out every time my coaching client spoke. And I had to creatively cut some other stuff. But there's one section I just wanted to narrate for you what came up right here, right now. And she says, wow, I like that. But it's a lot of structure. It's very structured. And then she said something along the lines of, to be completely honest with you, whenever I'm approached with something that has that much structure, I automatically want to deviate from it. That it, it's in a way what she's saying is it feels like doing something that is so dialed in and so formulaic that it feels as though I might be putting myself in a box and I don't want that. Now, I am paraphrasing what she said. However, what I had responded is like, listen, I had the same exact feeling when I was first introduced to this method, but I'd love to tell you a story. And this is what I said next. Let me tell you something. So Tony Robbins, this is how powerful this is. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about changing your emotional state. Do you know how to change your emotional state in any given moment in time? I talked about this in one of the eight videos that you saw in the Free the Dream conference. By the way, I'm looking at no notes. How can I go from depressed to super elated and excited and filled with gratitude or whatever? Any person can radically shift their emotional state by implementing these three strategies. Strategy number one, change your physiology. Strategy number two, change your focus. And strategy number three, change your meaning. By the way, it's a good thing that he was okay to make it that simple for me to remember because I was on a clubhouse call with a woman in the UK who came into a room and I, I had a room that says, how may I serve you? Ask me anything. Do you know what clubhouse is or was? It was a social audio app that millions of people around the world used to connect with people during the pandemic when we are all globally locked in our homes. So this woman comes in, her name is Laura, and she says, Cliff, I, I've been listening to you serve people. I saw the title of your room. I felt led to come in here. I don't know why. I apologize for doing this to you. I just want to let you know I'm about ready to take my life to commit suicide and end it all. And I just thought I should probably come in here and see if there's any reason why you could give me why I shouldn't. And because I remembered physiology, focus, and meaning, I know for a fact I can change her emotional state. Her emotional state is what? Depression. So because of that, I've listened to Tony give this talk so many different times, but I, I happen to know what physiology. I know all the resources he gave, all of the stories he gave about this. So I sit there, I said, hey, Laura, on a scale of one to 10, how depressed are you? And she said, 10. I said, would you like me to teach you how to not be depressed and to feel great about your life? She said, I would, I would love that. I said, great. I, here's, here's a couple of things that I want to tell you that I already know about you. Now, we're on social audio. We don't see each other, right? My question for you, first and foremost, are you sitting down or are you standing up? She said, I'm sit, sitting down. I said, okay, great. Here's what I know about you. 
you're currently slouched over. Like you're leaning forward, kind of slouched. Your shoulders are down. And most of the time that you've been listening to me and or talking to me, since you've started talking to me, you're looking either just below like eye level in the room or you're looking down at the floor or the bed. Am I accurate? She says, yes. I said, your breathing currently right now is very short and shallow, isn't it? She's like, yes. I said, your facial expression is kind of like you got a little bit of a frown on your face. Is that correct? Yes. I said, what I want you to know is right now in your body, you are doing depression. Depression is something that you do by putting your physiology into a certain into a certain way, I can take somebody who is super happy, super excited, and I could actually get them to mimic your physiology in your body, and I can make them feel depressed just like you. Now, here's the situation. are, Are you willing to see if we can change how you feel? And she said, sure. I said, great, I need you to do me a favor. Will you first and foremost, will you stand up instead of sitting on the bed? She says, yep, I'm standing up. I'm, I'm like, great, wonderful. Next thing I need you to do, I need you to take in three to five, actually let's do five, very slow, very deep, intentional breaths. I'm going to exaggerate it on my end so that you can hear my breaths and you can follow. And, and I, I'm gonna do it faster here, but I went. And then I did that five times. And I said, did you do that with me? And she says, yes. I said, great. Next thing I need you to do is I need you to just loosen your arms. I need you to just wiggle your arms back and forth. If you drop your phone, that's perfectly fine. You can pick me up and we'll talk more. But just loosen up your arms, loosen up your shoulders, roll your head around. Just just look as, I mean, I know you're in a room by yourself, but I just need you to look the silliest you can possibly look just to loosen up everything. Get all of your limbs loose. And she says, okay, I've done that. I said, the next thing I need you to do is I need you to stand up straight. In fact, I need you to pretend that you're Wonder Woman and you have a cape. Now, if you're standing up straight, the cape is touching your buttocks. All right, here's what I need you to do. You've got a cape on. I need you to actually point your chest up towards, I I need you to point your chest up so that your chest is facing towards the ceiling so that when you are leaning back to do that, your cape is about three inches from your buttocks. And I need you to look up at this, I need you to look up and I want you to put your arms to the side like you're a superhero and I need you to put a big smile on and she starts giggling. And I'm like, what was that? And she she says, I was just giggling. And this, this is silly. And I said, okay, I need you to, I need you to say, I need you to just take in one more breath and I need you to say, I am powerful. And she said, I am powerful. I said, I just need you just to breathe in and just soak in. Keep this, keep this body image or where you are. Just keep your body like this just for a minute. Take one more deep breath. And then I said, on a scale of one to 10, how depressed are you? She said, four. I'm like, wow. How likely are you to take your life right now? not as much as I was before. I'm like, wow, 
I said, go ahead and sit down for a little bit. I would encourage you, though, to sit up straight and kind of just look around the room instead of just down. I would encourage you not to put the frown back on your face just yet, but sit up powerfully with purpose. And I want you to listen to me intently. Now, I'm going to ask you this. The second one thing that I want to ask you is, where was your focus before you got on this call with me? What were you focused on? What were you thinking about? What was obsessively going through your mind? She goes, well, the fact that my life is pointless. I have no friends. I don't see anyone. I'm locked in my apartment. My life is over. I'm like, hmm, okay. So, okay. So you're in lockdown. You're all by yourself. You seemingly have no friends, all of this stuff. Okay. So that's what you were focused on. So by the way, she also included her meaning with all of that stuff. So the next thing I did was I've already changed her physiology. Now I want to change her focus. Okay. Can you tell me, have, has there ever been in a, time, a time in your life where on a scale of one to 10, you were a zero when it comes to being depressed? I mean, like a time where you were just overfilled with joy and elation. I said, and she says, yeah. And so when was the last time? She goes, it was probably about two and a half years ago. And it was for my birthday. And I'm like, tell me about that day. And so she starts telling me about that day. I said, where was it? She goes, well, we were, at, and she named the city. And she says it was beautiful. There was this trampoline park outdoors. And it was, it was at the edge of these cliffs. And every single time you jump up, you see the full ocean. And, and I just, and she starts, she's starting to giggle. And I'm like, tell me who you see. To explain to me what does it look like? What color is the sky? What you know? What's the air smell like? And she's like in that moment, and she is just she's starting to. You can hear the energy in her voice. You could just who's there with you, and how much fun are you having? And I said, let me ask you this right now on a scale of one to ten, how depressed are you? She goes, I'm not. I said. That's wonderful. I said, well, let me ask you this. You said that what caused you, what was, was causing you to experience this depression is that you were focused on the whole scenario with being in lockdown. Let me ask you this. Is it true that you don't have any friends? She goes, no, I actually have plenty of friends. It's just that, you know, we're not allowed to see them. I said, well, do you think this will last forever? And she goes, I think, I think it, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be that there's ever going to be an end to this. Well, I'm going to tell you for a fact that it, there will be an end to this. There is absolutely an end to this. Now, let me ask you this, assuming that there will be an end to this, if you can just, just imagine, just maybe it's possible that there'll be an end to this. Is there anything that's possible for you now while you're in lockdown that you can do that you would have never done for yourself because you didn't have this lockdown? You weren't inside all the time. She goes, well, there has always been a few things that I've always wanted to learn and to study. And, and I asked her to tell me about what some of those things are. So now what I've done is I've changed her physiology and I've changed her focus and I've eliminated all depression out of her. And then I'm like, okay, well, she's going to come back to that focus because as soon as we get off this call, she's going to be isolated and alone in this place again, right? So I sit there, I said, let's bring back your focus, the fact that you're locked in, but let's change the meaning. And so 
By the end of the call, do you want to know what she said she was going to do? She's going to become a life coach and teach other people how to break free from depression. And I followed up with her a week after that, three weeks after that, and three months after that, and she's doing incredibly well today. But let me tell you something. What if Tony just got up on stage and started telling lots of stories and told lot? I mean, it's great to have stories. But did you hear how my story, even, by the way, that everything that I just told you with Laura in that story, did it seem like it was too structured for you? Did it seem like I was hindered by my structure? From the moment I told you I had this girl who came into Clubhouse and she was about ready to kill herself and she literally said, Cliff, I don't want mean to do this to you, but I saw the title of your room. I thought you could help. From then... All the way till now, did it seem like my, my talk was too structured? Did it sound like I was using the score method when I told you the story? But did I or did I not tell you that every human being can escape depression and gain new hope by changing their physiology, their focus, and their meaning? Now, let me ask you this. What are the three things? The next time you find somebody that's depressed, what are the three things you might want to help them change or shift? The reason why there's structure, there's only one purpose. This is an enabling talk. This is how to get out of depression or how to change your emotional state. All right, that, that's the purpose. I want to change your emotional state. Any person can experience a change of emotional state by implementing these three strategies. Now, in that story that I just told you, did I say that sentence anywhere? I didn't, t- I didn't use the ugly sentence. You don't have to use the ugly sentence, but I knew the ugly sentence. I knew that I can actually help Laura get out of depression and eliminate the thought of taking her life by implementing three strategies. And the three strategies is I'm going to help her change her physiology. I'm going to help her change her focus. And then once she's done that and she has a different altered state of emotion, I'm then going to bring her back to the original focus, but I'm going to change the meaning she associates to it. But I would have never been able to just tell all of that to you off the top of my head if Tony hadn't used the score method to teach it to me. And he didn't use the score method. Tony's probably never heard of the score method. But Tony did use a single subject to teach. It was in enabling. He's like, listen, if you want to control your emotional state in any given moment, here are three ways you can do it. And that's the end of the talk. That was, that was it. If you think, man, I just don't like that structure, how many points and how many stories can you track beyond three to five? And the other thing I want to point out to you, did you notice how my five-minute story of your talk seemed very much formulaic and programmed? It was intentional because I was trying to, within it, show you how I was actually using the actual framework and formula in the talk. Did you see how you did not even recognize that I was using the, f- the score framework or structure? Mm-hmm. And I told you the story about Laura who came in the clubhouse. wasn't yeah. even recognizable. Nor, if you go back, by the way, here's the thing. Now you know the score method. Go back and watch any of those Free the Dream messages. And you'll mm-hmm. see that the score method was there for every single one of them. But I promise you, it, none of those videos, when you were watching them, seemed like, man, Cliff's a great speaker, but his talks are all so 
formulaic and so structured. And I just don't know. I, it's, it's not that way. And by the way, I'm not trying to convince you to go and, and, and implement this and use it. I'm just sharing with you. This is something that has got me international paid speaking gigs and all this other stuff, all expenses paid trip to New Zealand for 10 days where they gave me a house and a car and all expenses paid and and all of that for a 45-minute talk where I used my score method to deliver a powerful message. The parts of the story that I didn't tell you is that instantly, because I'm very well connected to a bunch of peers inside of Clubhouse. And so some other folks, I was back channeling. So there was the ability to have back channel with other people who were in the room. And I was texting them as I was talking with Laura. I said, hey, can you can you go grab Dr. Roshanak and inform her of what's going on here? Because she is tra- she's a trained professional. And once I did that, so I, I, I went and brought somebody who's professionally trained to handle situations and scenarios like this, just in case I'm unable to be of service. The next thing I did to Laura is I said, Laura, I need you to understand something. I'm more than delighted to give you ample reasons why you should not take your life. And I'm absolutely thrilled that you came into this room. I am thrilled that you've brought this up and I want to serve you, but I need you to understand a couple of things. Number one, I have no licenses. I have no credentials. I am not trained in any way, shape, or form to help somebody who is contemplating suicide. Do you understand this? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, great. I need you to know that first and foremost. Number two, I'm willing to talk to you only on one condition, and that is if I'm unable to talk you out of taking your life, that you will agree that if I give you a phone number, that you will call a hotline of somebody who is trained professionally to be able to help you. Would you make that commitment to me? And she said, yes. I said, well, I need to know where you are. Uh, I don't need to know specifics, but just what country you're in. She goes, I live in the UK. I'm in London. And I said, okay, great. And I asked the people who are in there, I, I need one of you to, to send me the phone number. And I said, before we get started, I'm going to wait for this phone number. So let's sit here and chat for a little bit. And then the number came through and I, and I confirmed that this was the right number. And then I said, hey, great. I have the phone number. I need you to write down this phone number. Do you have a pen and a piece of paper? And she says, no. I said, well, can you go get a pen and a piece of paper? I need you to write this number down. And she says, okay. I said, here's the number. I said it one time, very slow. And I said, okay, I will not go any further until you read that phone number back to me. And she wrote the phone number back to me. I said, do you promise me that if I'm unable to help you, that you will call this number? It'll be the next thing that you do. And she said, yes. I said, okay. And then I began. And by this time, Dr. Roshanak is in. Now, Dr. Roshanak is a world-renowned professional psychologist. I mean, she's big time, big deal. And, and she says, Cliff, they, they called me in. They thought that, you know, that I, and she, and, and she goes, I, I didn't even, you raise your hand to come up on stage. She says, I listened to you. I was blown away. And by the way, one of the things that in everybody, it's like, this room was growing so large. <laughs> it's like how many people, I mean, word got out that this was going down. Uh, and by the way, this entire conversation was like an hour and a half long. 
But by the time, I mean, it was a big party at the end. We were, you know, people were coming up to saying how much they love Laura and how much they are inspired by her story. And, and, uh, she, she was going to go and launch a podcast and all this other stuff. And people were volunteering to help her get her podcast launch. It was just so much fun. But, uh, one of the things that I learned is that she's been in therapy for depression for 10 years and has been on multiple medications. And she said, Cliff, nobody ever has been able to shift the way that I feel in a conversation like you just did. And I sit there and, and, and during that 90 minutes, one of the things I did I said, if you, if you have that pen and a piece of paper, I will teach you exactly what I did and how you shifted and why you shifted. And I literally taught her the entire process. I said, now you can do this for yourself and any friends that you have. She goes, wow, I think this might be what I wanna do with my life. Well, there you go. That's what I wanted to share with you in this podcast episode. I hope now you understand that this was not some sort of sales pitch for the SCORE speaker training program but instead just how powerfully my life has been transformed as a result of learning the SCORE method for creating impactful communication. Now, what I want you to know is that if you are interested, you can go to scoretraining.com, and again, that's S-C-O-R-R-E training.com, If you ever end up attending one of their live events, make sure you tell them that Cliff Ravenscraft is the person you heard about him from. I love Ken Davis. Ken Davis became a personal mentor of mine uh, on, on multiple different levels over the years and has had a profound impact in my life. And that's why I'm delighted to share all of this with you and to say go buy his book, Secrets of Dynamic Communication, and go join his online course version of this. And if there's ever one of these live speaker academies that you can go to, one of the live sh- training events, by all means, don't miss the opportunity. I don't know how long Ken can continue to do this, but as long as he's available, definitely go to the SCORE Speaker Training Conference. By the way, a little story. After my experience with SCORE the first time, I want to let you know that I actually paid for myself to attend a second time the very next year in Colorado. And then about two years later, I was preparing for the, uh, actually a few years later, I was preparing for my own conference, Free the Dream. And I'm like, okay, I, I want to go through this again. I paid for myself to go through the entire four-day SCORE Speaker Training Academy a third time. So I paid for the full-blown thing the second time and the third time. And then I introduced Stephanie to it through a one-day speaker event that they had where they trained on this, and Stephanie loved it, and they were promoting their full thing, and I paid for it yet another time, not just for myself, and but also did it for Stephanie. And if you could, if you'd have to actually, uh, you have to actually be a client of mine, um, or you would have had to have been an attendee at Free the Dream 2018 or 2019 for me to go in and give you access to the archives of Free the Dream 2018 and Free the Dream 2019 to see the speaking event that Steph or the, the, the talk that Stephanie gave at Free the Dream 2018, and then compare that to the speaking event. That Stephanie or the speaking uh, talk that Stephanie gave at Free the Dream 2019. 
they're night and day difference. And the second one, actually both of them are scored, but her proficiency with the score method the second year at Free the Dream 2019, off the charts. Anyway, this podcast episode, I believe, is already worth thousands of dollars if you do have a desire to get paid for public speaking, to become a keynote speaker, or if you just want to learn how to communicate more effectively in your podcast content, your YouTube content, your video shorts, this method for creating an outline and speaking has so much profound impact and it makes everything so memorable, so actionable. And I encourage you to take your speaking, your communication to whole new levels of success. I do want to speak about the idea of the fact that not everything I do is scored. This podcast episode was not scored. Now, there is examples of score, two different examples of score within this episode, but this episode was not scored. And that, by the way, is probably the reason why this thing's nearing one and a half hours in content. Technically speaking, I could have delivered all of the insight and all of the value of this conversation, if I scored all of this, I could have done it in 45 minutes and still included the two talks that were in here. But I don't always use the score method. I like long form content. And by the way, this also, even though you didn't hear the interaction and a ton of dialogue was stripped from what you heard in this, This is just the powerful way that I show up. I just want to let you know, I have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in my own personal growth and development. The score speaker training is just scratching the surface of some of the techniques, skills, formulas, and frameworks uh, that have transformed my own life not just going to the conference once, not just reading a book once, studying it, hiring coaches to help me master it, and then teaching it multiple times to other people. And there are at least 150 of these various different tools, techniques that I have gone very deep into. So much so that the teachers of all of these things I'm friends with them. I'm they're they're like I can text them today. The only exception to that is Tony and and Tony Robbins. But that's okay. If I wanted that to happen, which I haven't at this point, I don't know why. But I, if I wanted to, I'm only one degree of separation on five levels, and I'm talking about five different people. I could actually text right now and say, I need you to connect me with Tony. Here's why it's important to me, and here's why I think it will be important to him, and boom, I could be on that call with him next week. So th- I just want you to know that that if you ever had an opportunity to coach with me, the level of depth that you and I would go into to help you rediscover your ability to dream big dreams, to help you understand that anything you want to achieve is possible, that if you think there's any limitation on how much money you can earn, how physically fit you can get yourself, how good your relationship with your spouse could be or your relationship with your kids could be, or your ability to create a business that has massive impact, or your ability to earn more money and work less hours, whatever story is that's 
that is in your mind that's creating this narrative that there is some sort of limit of what you're able to achieve, a one-on-one coaching conversation with me can open you to a whole new way of seeing a lot of different areas of life. And I just so happen to be looking for a handful of new Next Level Mastermind members By the way, to be in the next level mastermind, you would need to be somebody who is already about ready to transition from early stage entrepreneur to to seasoned entrepreneur, all right? So if you are an entrepreneur, you've already got a solid track record of attracting clients, serving clients well, you've got satisfied customers that come back for more, and you're at any level wanting to take your entrepreneurial journey to whole new levels of success, that's what I created the Next Level Mastermind for. These are This is for people who are all in it, who have clarity about their business, and they're already seeing success, and they just want to amplify that. If that's you, I would bring you through two 90-minute one-on-one coaching sessions before bringing you into the Next Level Mastermind. Now, if you're not an entrepreneur who's early stage going into that more advanced stage in your entrepreneurial journey, then that's great. I have one-on-one coaching. I have no niche when it comes to people who I coach. I do have some psychographics. You need to be somebody that's coachable. You need to be somebody who has a desire to grow. You have to have something that you desire to have a part of your life. And it doesn't matter what's currently holding you back. If, you are, if you've got something that's meaningful for you and you're a potential client that could benefit from the type of coaching that I do, I typically work with people for one-year coaching commitments. And if you're looking for somebody to help you make whole new radical changes in what your experience of life is in 2024 and beyond, reach out to me. Just email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. The email address is in the show notes as well. And then if you happen to be a coach who is looking to build that coaching business, if you're looking, maybe you already have all of the experience that you need to transform people's lives. You've been doing it for years, either in corporate or in ministry or in nonprofits or any other place where you've just had the ability to transform people's lives through the conversations you have with them. But now you have a desire and a dream to turn that into a profitable full-time career to create a coaching business, a coaching practice, I have a program where once a week, every week, I'll be there to answer your questions and you'd have access to all of the prior questions and all of the answers that have been there. Literally, there will be thousands of hours eventually in this program where you will have so much insight to help you master the skill of creating clients that pay you and stay as clients renewing year after year, and not only that, but teaching you the skills, the the tools, the resources, the frameworks, the formulas, the all of these different little bits and pieces. I mean, teaching somebody how to create a, a speaking gig for a 15 or a 25-minute talk is just one of more than 150 things that I bring to the table as a coach, and I would love to share all of those with you so that you can actually share those with other people as a coach. That's the Next Level Coaching Program. And right now, you'd have to go to cliffravenscraft.com slash next hyphen level hyphen coaching, coaching hyphen program. Or just 
email me cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. Eventually I'll get an easy to remember domain and I'll get that sales page finished and put together. But until next time, I hope to hear from you. I'd love to work with you and I hope that you're ready to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and